Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxers 2.0 for the chilling. They have trademarked the jewel pouch so you can so you know it's serious, and I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your ballage breathe and get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that manscaped on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to their lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for the below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also 4,000K LED spotlight, so you have a more precise shape. Again, get 20% off and free shipping. You can go doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code doink at manscaped. And our last our last uh, sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. We want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 professional licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. If you've ever searched for a counselor in your area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches to make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Get 10% off um, at BetterHelp for your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Podcast. Again, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for, for sponsoring today's episode. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dog Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also take some time and rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you for everyone who has been subscribing on the YouTube channel. Subscriber numbers are going up. Please keep hitting that subscribe button on YouTube. So much cool content coming your way through the season on the YouTube channel. Continuing to provide you the best possible content I can on there. So please, please, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Again, it will be greatly appreciated. We are talking strictly Eagles today. Who also do it with? Then my friend, Thomas Peterson. Thomas, what's up? Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Later, what's up, Britton? How are things? Oh, good. I mean, that 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 open practice kind of settled everything in terms of let's just get football. I mean, it's it's these small bites that we're getting, and yeah. it just for every single like small inch we get, we just want we, we just we, we want more football. We gotta have more. We are under five weeks away from kickoff, so right. Thursday will mark a month. Twenty. It seems days. like so long, right? But then when you count that it's a preseason game on Friday, suddenly it doesn't seem too bad. So starting, so I believe this week, starting this week, there will be football on every single week up until the Super Bowl. So we're in the dog days, baby. We're grind time, and um, tons of interesting storylines in in Eagles training camp that have oh, happened. Yeah. We last spoke, and I want to start with kind of the emergence of AJ Brown content and AJ Brown kind of popping up on screens. As of like Thomas, it looks like AJ Brown has as advertised one. He they, they we thought he is who we thought they were. 
quoting the the great Daryl Green. I believe Daryl Green, the Cardinals coach, did that rant. And right. two, A.J. Brown is going to be the focal point of this offense. Yeah, he should be, right? I mean, it's kind of that Debo Samuel type role. He's the best receiver on the team, and he's probably also the best running back on the team. <laughs> I mean, yes. he just gets the ball in his hands and whatever ways he can make it work. I mean, middle of the field was, a, for some reason, a, a massive – liability for the team last year basically a missing part of the offense on i mean both sides just of the, ball. Tri- the middle oh yeah yeah both, sides, both, of both yeah. sides of the ball yeah but i mean he, he he's going to open up the middle and, and and take it from from being absent to being a, a major strength of, of working the middle and um i mean him and dallas goddard i mean they're going to open up the middle of the field uh for for easy targets to become chain uh chain movers and drive drive movers it's. I think it's so key too for just Jalen Hurts' development and Jalen Hurts becoming just a top ten quarterback is being able to utilize the middle of the field. And I'm sure Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni and scouts and whoever was in the front office when they were dictating how to make this team better during the offseason, they they needed a guy that could work that middle of the field. And AJ Brown is probably the best in the league at it. Like if when you get him the ball, I think the best like the best way for this team to get explosive plays in 2022. Is hitting is is Jalen Hurts hitting AJ Brown on middle crossing routes, running the mesh pattern that Doug Peterson literally was obsessed with um, in that 2017 run, which basically mesh basically won the Eagles Super Bowl. The amount of times that they called that play in the 2017 Super Bowl is outstanding, and New England couldn't stop it. But that that's I'm assuming they're going to just continue, or they're going to kind of review reutilize using the middle of the field with AJ Brown and getting him the ball in the middle of the field. Like there's you can't stop him with him. Him with the head of steam going through the middle of the field is one of the best receivers in the NFL, if not the best. And also, if you you were if you were to go to get a guy who who had the highest chance of gelling with Jalen Hurts, as you're trying to to see if if he's your guy or not, like there's nobody else to do it than than getting one of the best receivers in the game and also his best best friend that he has been playing been playing catch with in every off season since he since in high school. Mm-hmm. Let me. I want to ask you this question. Um, if you had to rank in targets, who would finish with the most targets in the year? AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith. How would you put them in in order? Uh, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith. Okay, so you think Devonta Smith's gonna be the third most targeted player yeah. on the team? Okay, I and think because I, I I think they're gonna like we, like we just said. I think AJ Brown's gonna be the focal point of the offense. I think Dallas Goddard is gonna get a lot of targets to move the chains and and to get him involved as much as possible. Uh, I think Devontae Smith is going to have uh, his numbers might – I think we're probably going to be looking the same as last year. Maybe he's going to creep just over 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to look very much the same. And um, I'll be surprised if A.J. Brown doesn't go over 1,200. I think that's probably about I, – I, I was have, I was thinking about that question today, and I kind of – I was having a hard time dictating between Goddard and Smith. But if, he, if I feel like Goddard is probably the right answer. You're probably right. Any yeah. worry I mean, about- AJ is a guy that you can you can you can feed the ball, um, you can you can scheme it up to to feed him the ball in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Goddard, I think, naturally is going to be a a heavy target uh, simply because of the the you know some if they're going to run some of the same concepts they did last season, they had a, a bunch of sale concepts and and uh, and that just opens up for for Dallas Goddard or these RPOs where they have Goddard coming out um, of. Uh, 
of like a, a fake split zone block and he's out in the flat and he gets the ball. I think we're going to do a ton of that as well this year. Devontae Smith is a little bit more of he's going to get he's going to get open a lot, but I don't think it's something you're going to scheme into that game. I mean, I think that's going to come in like flows. So it's going to be games where he kind of pops off when he's going to when he's going to be making plays. It's going to look really good. He's going to get open on the routes, but it's primarily as a as a receiver it's not that much as, as a gadget player it's not going to be as a um as the you know weapon if, if i mean i don't like that word but but you mean he's not that that the guy you just feed the ball into yeah and i think it's important too that's a great point because if you take a look at last year some of their bigger is in the tampa bay buccaneers game when remember when smith kind of broke off they were down by like 30 points or something already and smith broke off that that big uh that wide receiver kind of bubble screen and he took mm-hmm. it like 34, 30 to 40 yards. Now you can kind of mix in AJ Brown and he does that stuff well. And then you can have Devonta Smith running routes. Like it, it just opens up the field for Devonta Thomas. I want to ask you this. Devonta Smith has a practice with a groin injury. Nick Sirianni said that they are just being cautious, which they should, and he's going to be fine. But do you have any sliver of worry about Devonta Smith so far? Just not basically shining in camp. Are you have any, are you, any sliver of worry about him? Nah, not really at this point. Um, I think because I don't think he has anything to prove, and yep. and I don't think it moves a lot in terms of how productive he's going to be with Hertz. And like they worked out a ton in the off season already. Um, They're going to ramp up the the workload that he's getting as we're getting closer to the regular to the regular season. I think right now for them it's more about. Finding out who is on the depth chart with of the of the wide receivers and getting as much work in with uh, with Rager and Pascal Pascal and uh, and um, Kobe mm-hmm. um, to see wh- who which one of these guys are going to stick. So it doesn't add any value to the to the depth chart battle. It doesn't add any value to the um, connection with Hertz. So I think I think that's very much on their mind, and they need him as healthy as possible all throughout the season. Okay. Anything else on the receiver core, uh, or I guess the top two receivers? We're going to talk about Kobe in a bit, but yeah, other than Kobe, I don't have much else to add. I mean, it's good to see Zach Pascal get out there as well after he had the gastroenteritis and kind of ramp up the the strength a little bit. So we have have a fair fair battle between him, Rager, and uh, and Ward. Did you listen to his feisty little press or his feisty little interview after with the reporters? I no, can't I remember didn't see report- that. Which reporter asked him, I can't remember which it was, and they kind of asked him, like, are you okay with being the fourth wide receiver? And he didn't take it too uh didn't take it too pleasantly. He doesn't like being labeled as like a fourth wide receiver, which it is what it's what he is. Like that's what he's gonna be on this roster. You can make yeah. the argument he's one of the better fourth receivers on the roster, but um right. but I also think the kind of mentality of players, I mean, I don't think yeah. they like to label themselves as some uh some role player. I think they just yeah. want to be you know, they just strive to be the best. I mean, if they don't, they're going to end up being like that backup quarterback role where they, they will, they'll suck because that's what they kind of want to do. So they can be backup quarterbacks. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, okay. Uh, Kate concussions, Thomas. There oh, are yeah. players on this team. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. So as of right now, Jordan Mailata, Andre Dillard and Boston Scott, all have concussions. I, the, the fact that Mayolata and Dillard both have concussions is very odd to me. Like, what the hell happened there? Did they just, like, butt heads in the locker room? Like, you know, like, were they getting right. pumped before and practice? The same, in the same, heads? same practice as well. Yeah, I don't really get it. it, it and it's like, it's it, they're the same position. 
and like they play like they're with each other all the time, right? Like I, it almost seems like to me that happened. I, I guess this this is could be completely wrong, but it almost feels like it was like after a big play, maybe they just got excited and whacked heads with each other. I don't know. It's very know. weird. And then weirdly enough, La Raven Clark comes in and substitutes them, and now he's out with, uh, he is with out. a concussion. Wasn't Coyote. it a concussion or was it a hamstring? I think he – I don't think it's a concussion. Um, I okay. Don't exactly. See if you can find the injury report. But I know Coyote – That's a hamstring. Yeah, Coyote Awasika was playing first team left tackle. So yeah, that's a guy that you uh, that you mentioned before uh, before training camp as a guy to look out for as well in terms of yeah. making that uh, ninth, eighth, ninth, or tenth uh, roster spot. And it's I think it's actually kind of cool that he's getting left tackle um, plays. Yeah. you can see you can see that the versatility there. Like you you want especially if you're a, an offensive lineman trying to make a roster towards the bottom of the roster. The best way to do that is to be versatile and play other positions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the concussion thing's weird. Um, I just wanted to kind of bring that to tail. It doesn't sound like the serious. Again, this is all just kind of precautious. So, but again, with concussions, you never know. They're finicky. Um, they can they can be worse one day, better the next day. So, just something to keep an eye on. Just take they, those hats off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember when the Eagles had like three concussions in the, in the first yeah. week of practice, and this is the first time they're using these bubble heads. Something I don't know. Sticking with offensive linemen, um, we'll talk. We'll have two topics kind of surrounding that right now. First, I want to talk about my boy Jack Driscoll. Jack Driscoll is being played strictly as a right tackle right now. Apparently, hasn't looked very good in one on ones. Apparently, Brandon Graham has been eating his lunch every single day. Yeah, um, and he's only getting right tackle play. I don't know if I really like this decision. Again, they obviously know more than me. They know. Again, I'm, I'm not I'm not in the Eagles brass, but I feel like Jack Driscoll played well at guard. He was the 20th ranked PFF guard last year, um, mm-hmm. and in PFF grades taken with a grain of salt. But it's something. I thought the eye matched the eye test. He played well to me um, in games where he was there. It's odd for him to move strictly to right tackle because Thomas, thinking about it this way, if let's say, okay, let's say Joel, let's say Lane Johnson goes down, okay. Um, I'm assuming they move my lot to right tackle and they put Dillard at left. Right. Like, so it doesn't make, like, why would you, why I don't get why you would throw Jack just called strictly at right tackle. When, even if the starting right tackle goes down, you're going to not play him. Right. I don't know if I'm making right up. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's just uh like a phase of the off of the training camp for him. I mean, he played, he played some right guard last year. So they know he can kind of do that. I guess that you know his primary backup position would be right tackle, because if uh, like Isaac Samalo has solidified that right guard role, I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, I think it's easier to slide in guys to play that right guard position than it is to slide in guys to play the right tackle position. So probably they're they feel like there's more more value in in having Driscoll ready to go at the right tackle. Position now that that Lane's yeah. angle has been bothering him for three three plus years. Yeah, it's it, it sounds like that's where they they draft him as a right tackle. It's, it just sounds like that's where they want him and they want to try to get the most out of him at that position. But just as of right now, like if if he if Lane must go down, I'm, I'm assuming they're moving my lot over and, and Dillard left tackle. That would be the best five offensive linemen, right? You want to put the best five possible out there. I just I'm a little disappointed. I'm I'm a little disappointed because I I like Jack Jack Driscoll as a player. I think he's got upside. I think he's got talent. So I would have liked him to see him be more versatile. Um, 
Cam Jurgens getting pushed back by Jordan Davis. Yeah, I mean, sneaky, sneaky good rep by Cam Jurgens. I mean, that's the thing that we're not talking too much about. Like, if we actually put that in a game situation, I'd like that Cam Jurgens, who has been labeled as the undersized center, holds up Jordan Davis for three, four seconds before being pushed back into the dummy quarterback without any guard help and with the straight on bull rush from Jordan Davis. But I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a win-win play because it's so damn impressive that, that as like Jordan Davis just picks up Cam Jurgens and just moves him backwards and there's nowhere for him to go. And it's, it's just panic moves mm-hmm. all the way back. But I mean, credit Cam for not falling and not tripping and mm-hmm. actually holding his hands in a placement where where Jordan just can't like flip him to either side because if he actually loses that's the that's the difference that's the key if he was to actually lose his footing totally he would have gotten shed to either one or the other side and, and Jordan would have had a clear line for the dummy quarterback um but but because he actually coordinates his back movements to to take away power from Jordan so he can't just keep accelerating that actually makes the play. So it's kind of a good play for both of these guys in that rep. Although it just looks like Jordan Davis is a massive beast. In that. Have you seen the clip? I don't know who did it on Twitter. I'm going to find it and send it to you. But um, someone made a clip and they re- they did it in rewind mode. So it was like they they reversed the video. And it looks like Cam- so Cam Jerkins is pushing Jordan Davis. And he's like buddy hopping. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really funny. I'm going to send it to you. And they gave me a really good laugh this morning. I'm going to. I'll dig it up and find it, but um, yeah, this is uh, this is going back to my big take, man. Uh, I was a Jordan Davis guy from day one. If you go back and listen to podcasts, um, when me and Tom was talking pre-draft, I don't know how you were on him, but I was Jordan Davis was the guy from day one. I still blown away that he was uh, fell to thirteenth. I think he was he had top five upside in this draft, and look, this is a massive, massive man. Jordan Davis is one of one. He is a unicorn. There has never been a player in the NFL that big and that fast. He Again, that, that's why Howie Roseman drafted him. If Just think about this. Howie Roseman has seen every single draft prospect come through Philly or come through the NFL draft process. Sorry. Howie Roseman probably saw Jordan Davis and said, whoa, holy crap. Like, I, I haven't seen this guy before. So, look, I, I, I'm I'm so happy that he's looking the part. And this this – he could be a superstar in the making. Jordan Davis has that much talent and has that much upside. Yeah. Yeah, well, 100% agree. I mean, it's it, – it, the, the stock is just continuously rising every week and, and with every practice. I mean, Jimmy Kemsky put out a, um, a piece this week where he said, like, the the – what what basically looks like the attitude of offensive linemen when they're going against him is that all right shit I'm gonna get pushed back like don't go don't fall back don't fall back don't fall back and then he go he like he spins around them or yeah. swim moves around them or like so the athleticism just shows despite him just being so like massive and 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 strong and in in uh, in, in his uh, bull rush game and then pop out of nowhere he spins like he's he's forty pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, James Bradbury, looking mm-hmm. pretty darn good so far in training camp, Thomas. Um, yeah. You had, you had a tweet about that. Um, it, it, he's actually, from just from the, the beat writers and from content that I'm seeing coming out of practice, he's almost been the most impressive Eagle so far. Right. I mean, that's been, 
I mean, for at least for a couple of guys that that I really like to 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 judge these things on, like um, McMullen at Kratz. I mean, they both these guys, Jimmy Kemsky as well. Speaking of him, um, all have been raving about Bradbury and how he continuously makes good pass breaks up, good yep. pass breakups on on Boston one on ones against receivers, which in training camp on these seven and sevens and one on ones, they're really set up for the wide receivers to win. So whenever you have a cornerback who who goes stride for stride with the receivers and actually get pass breakups in those, not just poor quarterback throws, but actual breakups on the ball, that's always a really good sign of a good cornerback. Yeah. Um, and Darius Slay talked about it today as well, or yesterday, um, what the the addition of of uh, of Bradbury really means to their 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 tandem at at, cor- at cornerback and and how they're helping each other in their in their game because Bradbury is a lot more physical co- uh, cornerback so he's giving out tips for Slay and how to how to handle a more physical receiver uh, um, like AJ Brown uh, we saw we saw um, Slay when he was against uh, DK Metcalf one of the, the the toughest games that that he's had in his career. Yeah. Um, and uh, Chase Claypool as well. He had a, some massive pa- pass interference calls in that game as well because there was simply some size difference and some physicality that he's not really used to. He's more of a of a quick feet kind of guy and quickness um, kind of guy, and that's how he wins mostly when he wins. So, um, so it, it's it's cool to hear they're feeding off of each other and kind of supplementing each other in that way. And also for Bradbury and learning how to, to deal with the speech, uh, speedsters of Quet Watkins and Devontae Smith, who is uh, some practices having his way with, uh, with Bradbury, it sounds like. Yeah. It's funny. Um, uh, if you think back to it, I think it would have been, it was the Eagles worst, worst offensive game by far in during the season. And probably one of Smith's worst games was, was it was that end of the year Giants game? James Bradbury, Devonta Smith's a touch, or James Bradbury sorry, is a tough matchup for Devonta Smith, right? Like Devonta Smith is gonna ha- is gonna be a great NFL player, but the, the physicality of Bradbury, like those long arms getting in your face, like that was a tough matchup for Smith, and it almost looks like that's translated into training camp battles when the two are going up against each other. And I love that point that you brought up that that Smith and Bradbury feeding off each other. It, it's funny if you think. It, let's say this all goes well. Like, let's say, like this. Let's say this, the secondary or the, the cornerback room will stick to that. Just plays very well, and, and they, they're a top five view in the NFL. You have to think back to how this happened. Like, Dre Bradbury fell in the lap of the Eagles, like a, a division rival with with cap issues, which they probably could have found a way to keep him. Like, he was a cap casualty, basically. They got rid of him, and then the division rival signs him, and he becomes a top corner in the league. Like, it would be a very, very interesting story, just a kind of a, a, a little nugget if everything kind of falls in place, like how how funny this is and then just how just how football works, right? Like just little moves like that just kind of move the needle. Yeah, for sure. And it, it like you said, couldn't have come at a better time for the Eagles. They, they yeah. needed that second cornerback. Funny how Roseman sat out, didn't draft one. Did they? They didn't draft a corner, right? Yeah, they didn't even draft a single cornerback. No nope. draft. So they signed a few, um, a, a few undrafted ones, but it worked out, man. Like it, it all fell into place. It all fell into place. Um, did they draft a DB in general? Did they dra- draft a single no, DB? They did not. I don't think so, right? No, I don't think they no. did. Yeah. Nope. And they they just they have a bunch of undrafted ones that have actually apparently Josh Joby. Um, had a really good practice yesterday. Um, and, yeah, there's uh, going to be some guys that will be really interesting yeah. to to follow in the in the preseason game. Okay, um, couple just bottom of the roster, um, guy bottom the 
bottom uh, roster battles that are that I find very interesting right now. Josiah Scott Thomas has moved over mm-hmm. to a full time safety role. He's now a full time second safety. Find that very interesting. Uh, this is it's funny because they had a very he, he has a very similar build to Avante Maddox. Like they're almost like the same player in in, in, in attributes like size, speed, whatnot. And we, I remember like a lot of people were kind of banging the drum. Hey, let's move uh, Avanti Maddox to cor- uh, to safety. He can't do outside corner. He's found his role as a slot corner. And they kind of did the same. Now they're, or sorry, now they're moving Josiah Scott to safety, kind of similar to what people wanted with Avanti Maddox. And it sounds like he's doing a good job. He's a pressing coach. He's getting, he's getting some run at uh, second team. And I think this means that Kayvon Wallace is probably bound to be cut, right? Look, because they're searching for their for safety. Depth, yeah, right? I mean, it, it's going to be a battle for sure, and it doesn't sound like like Wallace has been impressing anybody. No, um, let alone the coaches, because he started out training camp getting first team reps, significant first team reps with Marcus Epps, and it hasn't really been repeated. Yeah, uh, the further we've gotten into um, into camp. Yeah, and th- it shows that this day the Eagles front office. Or in coaching staff are looking for second or backup safety help, right? Like that's why you moved Josiah Scott there. So that means they're not impressed with Kayvon Wallace. Then think about it. They could trade for one, but why not just stick Josiah Scott there, right? It just it makes sense. And I found that very interesting. The big one, the biggest battle on the team, Thomas, third string quarterback. It sounds like Carson Strong is uh not so strong. Not so strong. Yeah. <laughs> Great minds think alike, baby. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like Reed Sinet's winning this battle. Yeah, for everything right now, they're, yeah. they're going to get a they're going to get a bunch of reps in the preseason games. So Reed Sinet got rep got run at second team. Um, yes, for the past two practices, he split reps with with Gardner Minshew at second team. Gardner Minshew apparently is not having a great training camp. I threw we've this idea has been thrown around, um, kind of. Um, in the offseason that Gardner Mitchell could be on the on the trade block. Oh yeah. He's a backup quarterback. I think now it's it's more kind of blatant than ever. I'm just pulling up his contract um with the Eagles right now. So he's on his rookie contract. Oh yeah. So according to over the cap, if he was traded, they would save all two point five million dollars. So it wouldn't be anything against the cap. Would you Okay, I think actually no, I don't even want to go there. I think it's too early to pump. We, let's pump the brakes on the Reed Sennett hype. Let's see how he looks. Right. Game yeah, plus. let's see if because it, yeah. it might be a Christian Hackenberg scenario where he's just <laughs> god awful in the preseason yeah. games and 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 like if he plays, if either of these guys play in a fashion that preseason games become fun to watch and not just check down City and overthrows, uh, hell yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's bring him on, but but he's only twenty five years old, still young. Um, mm-hmm. He was promoted to the active roster um, when Tua went down in twenty twenty one. So he's been with the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Eagles claimed him off off waivers two days after the, the Dolphins put him on waivers in twenty twenty one. So this is a guy that this organization has had their eyes on for a while. So like, did they like him? They like him in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I think that's a juicy storyline to watch out for. I, I, I'm assuming Carson Strong makes it to the practice squad too. Like he's not going to make this roster at this point. I, I highly doubt it. I think they're only going to take two quarterbacks. I don't really okay. see a need for a third. Do you? You think they take? No, nah, not really. I mean, yeah. I think that they have a good chance of 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 getting strong. Maybe Sinet as well on the on the practice squad. And there's no really no reason to keep three quarterbacks because there's going to be so many 
um, so many of these roster bubble guys that they're going to want to bring on instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really see a need for a third quarterback. And that, that was one I've always thought that was a weird like roster building tactic. Like, why not use that spot for someone else? Um, have an emergency quarterback on the roster if you need to, but you rarely see a team go through three quarterbacks. Um, right. If you had like an obvious talent that you wanted to to groom into something, or you had a bad roster overall, and so you might as well uh, keep one. I mean, sure, but that's just not the case, right? This year. Holy shit! I'm just watching this video that you have on Twitter of Amari Cooper's. Holy crap! Yeah, that's a beautiful route. <laughs> They can't trade a fifth round pick for him. I don't. God, it makes no sense. Twenty eight years old. They could use now. They're stuck with CD and who? I mean, Jalen Tolbert's going to be their number two receiver going into camp because James. Yeah, and now they're hyping him up because Amari Cooper had this this clip out that went that went viral, Mm -hmm. and now the Cowboys are leaking out to sources that that Jalen Tolbert is having an awesome camp and. <laughs> yeah, well, you got it, right? Trying, you gotta... trying to save face so they don't look like turds yeah. for you gotta trading him for that. nothing. You got for it. nothing. You got to pump up somebody. Um, and okay. he just turned twenty eight. It's not like he's turning twenty nine through the season. He just turned twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. Last one I got here, um, just from training camp. Uh, Brent Kobe, our boy. My yeah, boy. Kobe. Speaking of guys that 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 could could win a roster roster spot by by preseason games, I think he's already won one. Yeah, I mean, I think it really they I think they want to see the return game in action, uh, mm-hmm. like with live contact, because he's not a very big guy. So I think they want to see how he actually um, matches the lanes when he's going up against NFL quality talent. Uh, in the preseason games before they hand him the, the return job. And that is the key for him to make the team. It is the return job. And now that he's apparently uh, killing it in the in the slot as well, they're yeah. just looking up for him. That's what I wanted to – this transitions nicely because I, I had this question and under-talked-about storyline right now heading into mm-hmm. this. Britton Covey being the fourth potential wide receiver on this team? Like I think it's getting there. Zach Pascal right now, he's due one point five million dollars. He all one point five million dollars is guaranteed, so they would have to bite the bullet. Uh, I can see the I can see the gears turning in your head as I say this. Um, but is Zach Pascal an automatic lock to make this team? Like I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, 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 might, I might be pushing the the be pushing the narrative here, but I'm all over the Britton Kobe trade, man. I, I think this guy's awesome from all oh, the key, the highlights I saw. I, the amount of Britton Kobe YouTube tape I've watched over the last week is kind of uh, unhealthy for a human being to do. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's kind of the hard knocks effect of training camp. You hear a name so many times, and and you hear like standing out in practice, doing this, doing that. It's just when you have a, I, and, and definitely in terms of making a roster, yes. Uh, but I think when when the season kicks off, we're gonna forget a little bit more about him unless he he becomes the starting returner. I don't think we're going to hear too much about him other than, than whether or not he actually makes the team. Uh, we're like doubt he'll probably even be active on game days in the beginning. Um, but, but yeah, it's a, it, and, and it's a fun, it, it's a fun story. And, and if he pops up, like if he gets like one big return in preseason is his job. And who knows what, what that, where that can take. It's like him. Quez Watkins play in Pittsburgh when 
Right, 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 right. That, that that play solidified Quas, uh, Quest having uh, a future with the team. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching him on Friday night. He's he's yeah, my guy. Too. He's he's he's. I'm gonna I'm gonna have. I always did like. Who's your guys. Who's your favorite um, guys to watch? The guys that you're mostly looking forward to watch. Well, you can't say Jalen Hurts. So I don't think Hurts is playing. Nah, probably not. He better not play. I swear to God. He, he, yeah. He, I, I, I hope in game he should have one series. That's how we right. look at it. Smith, three. Smith, AJ Hurts. The starting shit, a ton of the offensive linemen, like the yeah. starting five offensive linemen, shouldn't. I mean, maybe give Isaac a series, right? Because right, right, just to get him ramped up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, maybe even Landon, like have yeah. him play a series. Kelsey um, Johnson, Mylotta should not play. No. Um, I'm assuming no. Slay and Bradbury Slay shouldn't. Play. Bradbury shouldn't. No. Maddox shouldn't. Nope. Um, play all of the safeties, all of the second string. Yeah, no, because those guys you want to see. Those guys, those positions are still up in there. Like cornerback right. and safety. Like after Bradbury, Slay, and Maddox. Yeah. Who knows what to do? Like, that right. the next. I I think they'll probably take five, maybe five, six corners. So who knows maybe, what yeah. those last three spots? And there's a lot play. of names there. There's yeah. a lot of names that need that need. I'm reps. having a hard time keeping up with how many. What about a linebacker? What do you think? Kaiser and TJ play a quarter, and then Davion and, and uh, Nakobe play one, two quarters maybe, yeah. and then Sean Bradley getting the rest with whoever is also there. <laughs> I'm looking yeah, it up I right think, now. Oh, yeah, Patrick. No, wait. No, those are the guys. You lied, right? He's oh, right. Uh, Jacoby Stevens. Yeah, Christian Jacoby Stevens, yeah. I, I think, I think Nakobe Dean and Davion Taylor should probably get like the most reps at, at a linebacker. Defensive right. line now. I don't think you play Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Shavon Hargrave. Those four guys sit on the bench. Saad Reddick as well. And then you let like uh, you let the backup defensive tackles, Milt Williams, probably play a quarter to um, apparently Marlon Tiaploto is also having a great camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like he's solidifying a roster spot. It's it's nice to see too because he was bad in, in preseason last year. Yeah, he um, was bad. He was bad. So it, it's Teron nice Jackson. I, I'm really looking forward yeah. to see what 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 steps he's taken. Uh, if he's looking more refined as a pass rusher in any way, mm-hmm. and also yeah. I think all the running backs should, should play. Yeah, running backs. You know, this is another topic I want to talk about. Um, so that, I think that's pretty much it from training camp. I don't have I don't have much else, so I kind of want to zoom out a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a roster spot open for running back right now. I, I I firmly believe that they should be adding one. I don't know where it's going to come from, but like take a look now. Bo- like Boston Scott's hurt right now, right? Um, so they have Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. Jason Huntley is their third running back right now. I like Jason Huntley probably more than most guys, but I don't really know how much playing time Jason Huntley should be seeing as a running back right now. I think he's more of like a returner specialist type of right. – So I think there is a wide open hole on this roster sitting in running back. And uh, we talked about Kareem Hunt. I know he requested a trade at a Cleveland. Cleveland said he's not trading from I. I doubt they would go that route. Josh Jacobs apparently is also on the traffic block. I don't know if they'll go star heavy like that, but I, I, I'm I would be shocked if they don't add a running back before the start of the season. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be shocked. Oh, I'd be shocked, baby. You'd be shocked. Yeah. I'm. I'd be shocked. They're, if they don't I, add a running back, if we don't have, have a room school. with. You don't think they'd roll into the season with with Scott Sanders and Gainwell? And I think you probably could. They probably take full. You think, you think it takes more? Yeah, I think it was a couple years ago they took five running backs. I can't remember. Sure. Go, yeah. But, they, but I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. 
I think, I'm not sure. I, I think it would. I think they would be more comfortable just kicking in Jason Huntley as the fourth running back, like an emergency running back, and not use any assets on game and getting a fourth running back that is going to be stuck down in ten or fifteen percent of the of the snaps. I mean, if you get injuries, you can always trade for someone at that point. But I don't think they're going to be adding anyone if they're if if it's an uh, uncomplicated or if there aren't any injuries. I don't think they're going to add a running back. Might be wrong. I think that's all I got. Um, do you have uh, do you have, I, anything else you want to talk about? Is there a storyline that you that you got in your mind that maybe people aren't talking about heading into the preseason game? Anything that's kicking the tires mm-hmm. in that but big old brain of yours? What What are you thinking? I'd like to see I'd like Grant Calcaterra needs to get back to practice. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, I think the backup tight end position is, is kind of dead. Like the competition, we don't really hear too much about it. Um, maybe it's because of the AJ Brown train and, and there's really no, um, like monitoring of the, of the backup tight ends, not really that sexy of a position, but I like to see Grant Calcaterra come in and play some preseason uh, football. Mm-hmm. Uh, also I think, oh, oh yeah. Um, start, but this is kind of storyline that, that a lot of people are talking about is how Nicobe Dean already one week into camps getting a bunch of first team reps. Uh, and and uh, I think I think oh yeah my twist to this would be so this this all this bunch of talk of that he he hasn't stood out or whatever uh, let's just keep in mind they're not hitting yes linebackers uh, don't show out training camp they're That's- not they're not I mean when they're blitzing they're not really allowed to to go for the quarterback it's a shit time to to, to stand out as a, as a as a linebacker so unless you're obviously getting a hand on the ball and co- uh, causing a pass deflection. You can't say that you're not standing out unless you're, you know, looking bad. Because maybe, nah. I mean, ninety-five percent of the guys at practice who are, who, who the reports are coming from, they have no idea what they're looking at. They have no idea what gap assignment is. They have no idea what zone coverage they're supposed to be dropping into. They have no idea what the actual calls are. I mean, only the coaches know that. So the only time that actually makes sense to talk about whether they've been making plays or not is in the in the film room when they're sitting down with their linebacker coach when Rallis is going over this thing. And Rallis has been going over it enough to say Nicobe Dean needs more first-team reps. And that is all I need to know. I like it. That's a great point. Yeah, like not, linebacker is probably the, the top position in the in training camp. I'm trying to think. Yeah, probably probably linebacker. That means the least of what you're seeing with your eyes. Like who yeah. knows? Like again, like you said, you made a great point. Who knows what gap coverage they have? Who knows where they're supposed to be on the field? If they're not getting burned and you don't see it, that's probably the best thing, right? And there hasn't been like Kobe right. Dean's been burned in pass coverage yet. We haven't seen anything like that. So yeah, um, you can have you can literally have a play where Davion Taylor is dropping back into coverage and bit causing a pass breakup, and he was supposed to be blitzing on the play, or he's supposed to be in the flat on that play, and nobody gives a shit about his pass breakup. They're going to be yelling at him for not being in the right place. Exactly. I'm 100% with you on that one. Okay, I think that's all she wrote for today. So, exciting announcement. Thomas and I will be back on, I guess it will be Friday night, right? Game starts at 7.30. So, mm-hmm. Eagles Eagles kick off the preseason against the New York Football Jets um, at 7.30 Eastern time on Friday night. Thomas and I are going to be going live on Twitter and YouTube at the oh, end yeah. of the third quarter because Mr. Thomas Peterson – it's going to be staying up late in Denmark. Midnight recap. Yeah, <laughs> he's there. So it's going to be what, what time? It'll be three, two thirty in the morning, maybe at that point, right? Probably three in the morning. Yeah, 
2 or 3 in the morning. Tell them that will be live on Twitter and YouTube at the end of the third quarter. And we will be talking about what we saw in the preseason game, bringing that coverage. Really looking forward to some actual live football action. It is time. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Make sure to listen to that episode on Friday Live and tune in and watch with us. And make sure to check out the AFC Division preview that I just did with my co-host Eric Warner, who is back for the Division preview shows. We are going to be running Division preview episodes every single week. We're going to bring slow, little by little as we get closer to football, bringing you those previews. It, it helps me kind of get ready for the football season, so make sure to check out that. A ton of cool content coming your way over the next few weeks before the season. Make sure to subscribe, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, and we will talk to you later.